This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, and Nunez saves. Look out, follows in, and Nunez saves again. And now Wapner on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini! I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us are the people behind the 100 years at the Vic exhibition at Watford Museum. Good evening, everybody. How are you? Good evening. Very well. Thank you very much. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Well, look, we, as you probably know, anybody who's listened to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes will think, obviously, first of all, about culture and knowledge. No, they might not do that, but now they will. Now they will because we're going in a different direction. We like to look at, obviously, things from the club, but things to the left of centre or the whole history of the club, oh, oh, my joy. Um, So joining with us, we have Sarah Priestley, curator at Watford Museum. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hello. We have Neil Dunham, who is collector of match-worn shirts and all sorts of other things, including writing for the Watford Treasury and the like. Hello, Neil. Hello. You maybe oversell me. Oh, oh, always. <laughs> I always sell other people very, very well. <laughs> what we're going to be talking about is the exhibition that is coming very, very soon to the Watford Museum around and celebrating the 100 years of Watford Football Club at Vicarage Road. Guys, everybody that welcome. Um, what would be what would be great, I think, before before we start going into the exhibition itself, let's just have a little look at your history. Because we always, when we're talking to former players, we always love to know how did they fall in love with football. I would like to ask you guys, what was your first experience at Vicarage Road? What was it? What was the game? What was the score? What do you remember the first time you went to Vicarage Road? I knew you were going to ask about the game. I don't know when my first game was. And there was a good reason. I was born in Throwdale's Hospital. I lived in Vicarage Road. My mum and dad were both members of the Sporters Club. Uh, I attended my first game when I was still in my mother's womb. My earliest memory (laughs) 
was my earliest memory was the Duncan Wilborn taking coming to take a throw in just in front of me, and I dropped my little lorry that I was playing with on the on the pitch, and Duncan handed it back. So that's a nice little memory there. However many people it was watching, probably in the mid seventies, about seven thousand people. But uh, yeah, the game was held up while he was picking up my little Tonka toy for me. So when so when you walk down the subway of legends and you see the picture of Duncan Wilborn, do you have like flashbacks to the wound practically? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the level we're going for people <laughs> <laughs> so my association with the club goes right back to before i was born and then in the 1980s my brother worked at the club so i had friends that worked at the club as well and that's where the obsession with match shirts shirts came from because uh, they would occasionally come home with my brother if you found them in cupboards or whatever which is how a lot of this stuff in the exhibition is here to be honest oh, we will we, get on to that we'll get <laughs> on to all of this and and uh we, we're convinced that none of the police will be listening to any of this so they all of these stories all of these stories can come forth come forth sarah what, what what's your first memory of uh of uh, of Watford, hopefully hopefully less womb like analogies, but other than that, I'm sure it'll be very interesting. Um, well, I was born during the hospital as well. Oh, it is a competition. Yeah, so yeah, my unit was nearer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first match wasn't actually till 1986. Um, I come from a really massive football supporting family, especially on the women's side of things, and, and that was Watford versus Bournemouth, which was. I think was it was over the Christmas um, New Year's. But my uh, background with it is I have a season ticket. I sit in the family stand with my family. So I'm very lucky to make myself... Um, Sort of a benefit of the amazing. I apologise in advance then if you've ever heard me when I was in the family stand. <laughs> we can still hear you well, in the rookery, Carl, basically. Well, we can hear you wherever. So. <laughs> um, so for me, it's amazing that I get to be the curator for the museum in my hometown and for the club that, that I've loved all my life. Um, and yeah, to be the curator for Watford Football Club as well. And actually, it's the centenary of the Vic, but it's also an little anniversary for me that 20 years ago, I curated my very first exhibitions about Watford Football Club that really did kick off an amazing connection with the club and fans that has just grown and keeps growing. There's an excellent relationship between the museum and the club. I think it's unique in the country, to be honest, always joining up. The club have been absolutely brilliant with this yeah, whole thing. They've, they've given us all sorts of things. We've got some quite interesting bits that uh, come directly from the club in, in the uh, exhibition. This is all oh, we, we're going to get to that. As long as it doesn't involve Mr. Giretta and Blue Butterflies, we're perfectly happy. Right. So, so the question, therefore, has to be so, you know, I was going to ask about the, the connection and how certain things have come about because looking at, looking at parts of the, of the stuff on the various websites, there seems to be quite a you know, a, a, a real panoply of stuff that, that that's there. Some really diverse over this whole hundred years. Everybody's going to be slightly more familiar after 1976 or after Duncan Wellborn truck incident. It's commonly known. Um, <laughs> be, before that, be, before that, because obviously you've got to go and kind of. There's going to be a big kind of knowledge gap around what preceded that. What kind of things have you been able to pick up from? Uh, you know, your kind of 1922 two onwards to give us a kind of a picture of of vicarage road before it started to generate into the gt world there is no knowledge gap because we're so lucky to have amazing knowledge information that's shared and you know we've had a lot of support um with the museum with the club but also the Watford treasury over the years as well which is how we 
kind of got together. That's one of the fantastic things is it's going to be really exciting to introduce people to blue and black and white. Um, You're seeing them in the away kits this season, Mm. which is fabulous as well, that the club is really honouring that heritage. But it's really exciting to just bring all of those colours out. I mean, I think in yellow, red and black. (laughs) What a good line. What a good line. (laughs) A lot of this comes... Uh, so my involvement and Tom's involvement come through the Watford Treasury, where Colin Payne kind of got us together online and then picked out a number of us that uh, seem to have more stuff in our lofts than everyone else. It, it's kind of gone from there. So we, we've got good knowledge. I mean, um, going all the way back to uh, Hearts Rangers in uh, 1865 is when organised football started in Watford. So, you know, we, we know all about this stuff. It's terrible. Don't try not to meet us at the exhibition because you won't be able to get away. We'll be telling you about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to be playing word bingo and the word anorak is going to be included, Neil. I'm just yes. saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> we have got an anorak on display. <laughs> Fantastic. There we are. I think that- your biggest problem will be stopping Carl touching things. Don't touch that. That's very old. No, don't don't touch that. That's very yeah. precious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bad around music. So I'm, yeah, I won't tell you about the incident at the Natural History Museum. Let's not go into it. Oh dear. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, rein yourself in. We've just hung the um, Watford Observer clock on the wall. Um, it seems to be pretty sturdy, but yeah, don't was, swing from it. Was that, was that the one that was over at the Red Lion for a period of time? It was indeed. Yeah. It was. Okay, so, cool. I was I was going to ask about stuff like that, where that's yeah. all kind of, yeah, where that's all kind yeah, of gone, so that's good to that's, know. That's an interesting one, because we've got uh, a number of the letters. First time they've been together since they were lying on top of the rubble on the uh, the remains of the rookery. We know of at least three people, probably five, that cr- climbed around on the rubble trying to collect letters up. Um, so we've got the old, the old ID, the clock, and we've got a, a lower KC as well, uh, all came from the rubble. So they're all on the wall. So come and see us. They look fantastic. (laughs) You were saying about the the kind of criminal, jokingly, the criminal side of it. We do um, have in writing from the club. They've been amazingly supportive, as we said. But they put it in writing so it sounds like a bit of an amnesty that things that have been liberated from rubble or whatever can come back safely without people worrying about it. And one item has even got a permission slip from Elton John as well, which is fabulous. I wonder if we should mention what that is I think we can it's, it's been in the Watford Observer so yeah we've got the original Terry Chalice painting of Elton John oh nice that's downstairs um, we've got a number of things like that um, we've got a seat from the east stand we're trying to put that back together at the moment because it got broken off and we're uh, building a stand for it So, um, but a lot of this stuff comes from a period at the club after Graham Taylor left and we had the Jack Pedgy era where they built the two new stands. The club didn't really care about their heritage at that point. And that's where fans stepped forward and they were skip dipping and they were climbing across the rubble as we were saying earlier. And they were taking stuff. So it's stuff that the club didn't want. Yeah. And it would have been destroyed if these people didn't do it. So I mean, really they're heroes. They're bearing in mind the two people actually managed to take turnstiles it takes four people to carry it i was going to say that can't be be light can it that's got to have some Uh, weight to it interestingly saying about the old infrastructure of the club that turnstile itself actually came from casio road so it's that's from the the so it's taken from casio road to vicarage road Mm. and then to ron's house (laughs) (laughs) 
wow, that's not incredible. that wrong, people. Not that wrong. <laughs> yeah, but Ron, Ron's a, a bit of a character, and uh, he's also got a 1950s um, floodlight, which is about four feet wide. Again, how we got it home, we don't know. But again, uh, we're grateful to him. What did he again, think? What did, how he, what did he think he was going to do with it when he got home? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'll just I'll, I'll put that in the bedroom just to light it. You know. All of, yeah. I love the idea. I love the idea of the local policeman bobby back in the 90s looking at this big pile of rubble and seeing these people running off and and shouting where are you going with that lowercase e i mean <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. if that if that didn't happen i want to reenact it anyway <laughs> i'd like you probably could have got away with it because it looks like a beer if you shove it up the top so uh, yeah <laughs> i was gonna say now I've, I've got to ask because obviously as you say if, if we, we're kind of coming almost kind of up to well, almost up to date with the 90s how old am i um, but when when the what's now obviously the family stand and, and the and the and the rookery were built, and I think it was when the when when the vicarage road was done, the shop, and I think it was Ian Sewell at the time, was a little bit opportunist with some of the oh dare we call it rubble, um, and and marketed something that I will know the words of this till my dying day: genuine vicarage road end brick, attractively mounted on wooden plinth. Value for money at £25 in the 90s to anybody, I feel. Um, <laughs> I, I, have Ian Sewell or, or Tony Marks, who've obviously previously been curator, possibly even liberator of such kind of rubble <laughs> and other things, um, possibly turning them into club merchandise occasionally. Yeah. Have, they, have they been able to kind of uh, uh, contribute stuff? Because they sometimes pop up with things on uh, online. Should we say where the lowercase e came from? Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ian may have been involved in that. There's, attractive lowercase um, e, attractively <laughs> mounted on wooden plinth. So, so we have got we have got a brick attra- attractively mounted on wooden plinth, as well, <laughs> as well as a piece of floodlight and a couple of pieces of terrace. But we've also got from uh, the the uh, chat. I don't know if I should say his name, but the club have said they're not going to claim any of his stuff. He's got a couple of bricks that aren't attractively um, uh, mounted on plinth because they were when they were knocking everything down. He's, We'll have some of those. And uh, yeah, so we've got a rookery brick and we've got an occupation road brick. May I just ask how you are able to attribute (laughs) these as being genuine rookery bricks and occupation road bricks? Yeah, now, uh, yeah, yeah, so prove your provenance on all of this. I'm I'm very sorry to bring this up. I could turn up on Friday with a load of these are from Vicarage Road. Yeah, well, we can say the occupation road brick, and and I don't know, I think we're going down a dreadful rabbit hole here. This is something that I can recognize, so I can recognize the color of the paint. Oh, my (laughs) word, and and the texture of the brick. I should probably, uh, yeah, I should probably go home and uh, see my wife. I I would love to see somebody (laughs) present you with a brick and you give it a, a a David James moment with the old the football. I don't know if you remember where you give it a good sniff and this is, <laughs> this is genuine. This is real. This is real Vicarage Road brick. That's the really sad thing is that I could um, talk about the bricks generally in the whole of, of Watford. That's pretty cool. Up. I mean, that's a skill and a half to be fair, yeah. isn't it? I mean, well, that's a niche kind of thing. When I think Vicarage Road bricks, I actually think just along, just as a bit of general Watford history, that you've got the former workhouse store the the stadium and that actually has got engraved bricks graffiti from the mid 19th century of the inmates which 
absolutely incredible. So if anyone wow. wants to do a little meetup sometime and go and see the bricks, you can actually go and see them. They are. It sounds weird, but they really are worth seeing. They are amazing. <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I genuinely didn't think I'd hear the phrase today, if you want to meet up and see the bricks. It's just one of those phrases that kind of eludes me as something I'm going to hear. But there you go. You never know, do you? You live and learn. Every day's a school day, as they say. <laughs> I like it. Museum. We have bricks for every occasion. Um, Fantastic. But we also uh, we have a pylon um, pen pot holder, don't we? Oh, that's another piece of merchandise and some Perspex pieces of... Was it the yeah, yeah. We've got oh, was this? Was, we've got everything. Was this the rubble put into put into small pieces yeah. of plastic? Oh, look Absolutely. at this! Absolutely. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be having a midlife crisis when I come down there because it's going to be like <laughs> going back to the nineties. Oh, 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 brilliant! Other than turning up and seeing well sourced brick material and pylons, etc., what other kind of uh, uh, memorabilia can it, can everybody expect to see when they when they come down to to the exhibition? Right. Okay. So um, bring it right up to date with uh, the Grand Hotel statue we've got the sample model that was uh, presented to the club um we've, we've got the uh, all of the playoff trophies here as well not really vicarage road related but they're here and it's going to be mostly Watford supporters so uh, they're on display as well we've got an 1899 rose bowl that was presented to the club for winning the southern league so we have our first ever trophy which is is amazing to, to have that. And then there's wonderful things that represent fans. So old-fashioned rattles, which always made me happy. Love rattles. And especially what people write on them in pen. We have everything, you know, the obvious things that you'd expect, like the programmes and ticket scubs oh, and things like that. And it's me. So there's some match-worn shirts here Yeah, well. obviously going to be some... Really I was going to say, is there some shirts, yeah. Although, although the oldest match-worn shirt that's here is not mine. That's going to be a 1971 um, original shirt, which which will be in the downstairs area. Yeah. So there's going to be uh, three areas, I think, uh, there are in the museum. Right. Um, so the downstairs reception is um, kind of a, a taster that's got some really fantastic stuff. And then upstairs um, the, in space two, as it's called, that's where the, the real pieces of infrastructure are going to be. Um, so we've, we've got a lot of stuff from 1922 and we've got a lot of stuff from modern day and we're Ooh. showing those against each other to show the comparison. So yeah. we've got 1922 boots and shin pads and things like that. <laughs> and uh, the club have been brilliant. They they raided the training ground for us and got some boots and shin pads. And, yeah, it's great. Um, I can't believe how tiny they are. Yeah, they, the modern ones are not built for um, putting you into row Z anymore, are they? Yeah, yeah. No, the old yeah. ones. The old ones. When when you see the old shin pads that are made of um, wood and all sorts of stuff, you can see why when you see the boots because they don't bend and they have got nails hanging out the box. <laughs> and things that really represent fans. Um, for example, there's going to be a lovely display on rainbow laces, which is really something special for, really? for us. And I don't think any club in the country does anything bigger or better than Watford's rainbow laces displays. So we're lucky enough to have the very first captain armband from a Rainbow Laces match as well as other items to do with that. I can't believe I've not said it so I was just about to say we've got a big NHS uh, banner that the club gave us but we've also got which is one of my favourite items what's called Sailor's Flag Sailor! Oh yeah. my god, oh, I yeah, remember Sailor it. bringing the flag down at the end of games. Yeah, so, so he was good friend, really good friends with the Rickett family, and they've lent us Sailor's flag, yeah. which was the match day flag. So that's a huge. That is um, brilliant. 
That is brilliant, because yeah. I used to be a ball boy. I, mean, I used to remember Sailor going up and taking the flag down at the end of games. And um, That's it. He was a real character. He's sort of all bent over and very sort of, he had what sounded like a sort of a West West Country accent, as I remember. He probably didn't. That's it, yeah. He yeah. was lovely. What a lovely old boy he was, Sailor. My God. Did you yeah. know why he was called Sailor? I guess he was in the Navy, I guess. No, no. He was, uh, he was an orphan. He was left at an orphanage, and he was in a sailor suit when he was left there. No. So... That's why he was called Sailor. Oh, my God. Wow. I didn't know that. That is amazing. What is the one piece that you've handled that you've gone, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm touching this? Sort of the holy grail of Watford memorabilia that you've gone, we've got this, or I've touched it, or I've seen it, or whatever. Right, OK, I'm going to go first, because minus the Watford Observer clock, I've seen the back of the Watford Observer clock, and touching it was a genuinely emotional experience. It's right. been in the museum for a long while, but... Um, actually touching it and being able to... I, I did hug it. Mind <laughs> you, not, that's that's okay. had it for that's years. Okay. kissed it when we got it down. So. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, uh, that's brilliant. Because I, I have to say, obviously... I know what yours is, but you've forgotten it because you've seen so many things. Well, there are quite <laughs> a few things, actually, but um, it's really unfair that you spilled the Watchers there because if I rescued it, twice so i feel i should get some sort of i don't know national yeah. award for or what for the award for that like a, like a crown or a tiara or something can i just say when tony brought in the Alton john painting sarah burst into tears I did. she's yeah. trying not to say it but... no, <laughs> i yeah, fully amazing. admit um and that's what i love about this job is that and we love the poster which is on sale in the museum shop um, we love having the poster on display and the original posters from the 70s see the original painting just blew me away it's amazing it's literally a, I mean, it's a piece of art but it is a real piece of art so for, so for anybody who's not familiar with the the terry chalice piece this is the the original artwork that he did which basically kind of foretold the direction of gt's first era where where it has elton john riding astride a hornet pointing to the to the distance with which had the liver bird for liverpool who were absolutely dominant in the in the 70s and beyond that if i'm right is there the eiffel tower representing europe yeah yes. europe and the statue of liberty representing the world so for me even just telling people and explaining about the poster i get really emotional and you've got the old wembley in the background you've got all of this and make i love the kind of the foreground with the you know you've got bonser in pieces on the ground you know his statue and i just my brother first said it actually said have you noticed that square that painting i was thinking oh was terry chalice was it him trying to sort of say oh i could do an album cover. <laughs> oh, there you yeah. go. There you go. I've got to tell you, Nigel Gibbs has got that on his wall. Nigel Gibbs has got it's that on his wall, wall yeah. in his office because when we yeah, um, yeah. did a podcast with him, it was behind him. So, yeah, Gibbs, he's got one of those. Yeah. Obviously, not the real one now. Me. We now know it's not the real one, but yeah. <laughs> it's worth saying, um, Tony did a fantastic job because he's spoken to Elton and they, it, or not Elton, Elton's people um, and it was decided that it does need to be seen that's the thing because yeah. you know up to this point it's never really been seen um, so it, this is the opportunity and Tony's yeah. done a fantastic job getting that for us and it's the first time it's actually ever been on display that we know of so Terry Chalice was such a lovely guy um, and was so kind to us at the museum he actually had his own exhibition here and that was the last time I saw him for that but he was just always such an amazing character so yeah to have that painting is is just wonderful and again just to, 
for, for anybody who, who doesn't know, uh, you know, kind of back in the day when the Watford Observer was basically, well, it replaced the entire internet in terms of being the, the communication conduit to the club, to the supporters. Of, there was a guy called Ollie Phillips. Think of him as Andrew French in the 70s, 80s, 90s and moving forward. A, a feature was Terry Chalice's weekly cartoon in the Watford Observer, which was always a masterpiece. And I think was, again, probably the envy of many clubs because it's one of these things that in our history, but also when it wasn't history, when it was contemporary, made it truly unique that you had the week in, in cartoon in that, in, in that respect. So, I mean, you know, it's lovely now to see, you know, the Watford, Obs- you know, the, uh, what's, what's referred to as the Watford Observer clock that shows how close the Watford Observer and the club were. And it really feels, you know, almost timely at the, the point of this anniversary that Absolutely. that synergy is starting to come back again with Mr. French. Definitely. And yeah. we had Anthony Matthews come down to see the exhibition as well. And, and that connection and the fact that we have the posters on, you know, for sale because of the Watford Observer. But the, there's also all these lovely other connections that we have community-wise. Um, mm. So we have things like the... Um, there's things that go in the Watford Observer every week from the Watford Treasury and from the museum. So there's so much kind of celebration of, of heritage going on. I mean, we actually have some of those wonderful old cartoons in the museum collection as well. So they're really special for us. So, yeah, there's 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 so much to see. Um, you'll need at least two visits. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at, look at, look look at that. That's what she's done there. There's a professional working. That may be a shoddy amateurism here. That's very good. So, so. Can, can you tell us, obviously, Tom's not with you today, um, but we'll hopefully meet him on, on Friday. You've got Neil and you you three have come together to kind of co-curate, if that's the right word, uh, or, or track people down who, who have access to rubble from the 90s, one of the two. Um, how, one, how did you come together for the three of you to do it? And how do you work to kind of work out what pieces are going to come into the exhibition and what pieces are... No, that's about Harry Willis. We won't have that. How do you determine that? Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Ashley Blaker, and I'm hosting a new season of the comedy panel show, Never Write Off the Germans, in partnership with my diesel claim. Join me and my esteemed comedy guests as we discuss all that's ridiculous with the greatest show on earth this winter in a host nation with domestic football equivalent to the Isthmian League South. We'll guide you through the tournament covering everything that's funny with the countries taking part. Whether you're a diehard fan or an occasional bandwagon jumper, you're supporting your home nation until they're embarrassingly knocked out by Iran. Listen on the Sports Social Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. But remember, never write off the Germans. It, this one's been fairly easy to go. So this is my first exhibition. Obviously, Sarah's done loads. Um, of and uh, Tom's first one as well. But, but it's been fairly easy because as far as getting items goes, it's specific to Vicarage Road. So there's not as much stuff that's specific to the club. You know, if it was the football club, we could have filled the museum 10 times over. But we're having to pick out specific things. What's been so brilliant is that every single person that's had something, had a part of the ground, had a, you know, a letter, um, <laughs> a brick, whatever, not... Not a single person has said no. Everybody has, has gone straight in and said, yeah, you can have it as long as you like, um, which was a bit dangerous, to be honest, because I could have <laughs> taken it home and said I'll have it for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as it happens, we're only going up to the uh, 24th of September. 
Yeah. So we're, we're opening this Saturday on 6th of August, going up to the 24th of, of September. Then we've got to try and part with all the stuff for one final time, which is which is difficult. But yeah, getting the stuff together has been really easy because of the people that are involved. Again, uh, yeah, when you say that, I'm going to jump in there and say he's absolutely right. But a lot of that comes down to having uh, a Tom and a Neil involved i've not co-curated a football exhibition before although every single one of our football exhibitions has been a team effort the gt one was actually it was mainly rita and, and graham almost curated it himself but this is the first time i've had some you know people to to do the exhibition with from start to finish um and i think a lot of it is is your kindness and support and passion that make people want to do things with the museum which is great can we just take a second while i give sarah a big hug oh Oh. <laughs> on a on a on another note, then, are, are there any bits that you would really like to get that you haven't got in this exhibition? There was a second turnstile that, uh, and the owner Barry is has been fantastic, and he's given us a load of stuff. But um, the turnstile was just too fragile, and we would have had to have lifted it over a fence. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of things over the years that uh, people kind of managed to free from the club, shall we say. That we haven't tracked down the one thing that we haven't tracked down that i would have loved to have got hold of is the w from the rookery road from the uh Watford observer yeah uh, we suspect it still exists somewhere um we just don't know where <laughs> so if any, any of the listeners know where that w is give us a shout <laughs> you go <laughs> if they've got a place name with a bloody great big w they wouldn't know yeah. what's going on <laughs> yeah, yeah. and actually one of the items that i really wanted for many years all the way back to that first exhibition um that i did in in 22 was um to have a children's book that was produced that was that focused on the vicarage road stadium it's absolutely gorgeous and we were able to borrow one for, for that exhibition but we've never been able to track one down until in lockdown someone was a fan was having a conversation with a friend of his and this fan was actually stuck in australia during lockdown and contacted me to say that he had the the children's book and when he got back he would send it to us so and, and we've got that so and that's going to be in the exhibition when when yeah, was so that we, published got, that book when was that book published that was about 1986 or something like that. Right, okay. And uh, my brother's in it. <laughs> but uh, it took the museum a good 15 years to track that book down. And then we came to this exhibition and Tom's got two of them. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. This is why I know these guys. <laughs> because... it's, it goes back to the fact that it's uniquely Watford in there. It's not just about Watford Football Club. It's it's that idea that you've got such a kind community of fans and people are so supportive. Neil was very kind when he said about how our relationship is unique in this country. And actually, we have football clubs, big and small, coming to contact us to ask us for our advice on how to, to connect and celebrate history. And I mean, top flight clubs um, that you think would, would have it all on a plate you know financially or whatever but they haven't got the, the community they haven't got the fans they haven't mm. got the amazing connections um so all of the lovely fans groups and, and the treasury count as, as that as well you know it's it's unique and then to have the club and the trust and the academy as well even oh, we won an award you know yeah we did yeah the award will be here to, to see yeah they won the uh, community 
Community Club of the Year, was it? Uh, no, it was actually, well, the club has won that, but we specifically won um, sporting club or sporting governing body for, for the whole country, um, so for the full UK for, for this year. So it's basically the supporters groups, uh, the museum and the club, just a, a real community of history yeah. where they decided that we were the best club in the country yeah what, what what you're really saying is it's been officially recognized by you know official people who know what they're talking about that we are officially better than bournemouth or, or to give them their full title bournemouth boo there we are. <laughs> um, so, so I really want to get your take because obviously this is something that that is looking kind of absolutely retrospectively, but also bringing it right up to date. You guys, in terms of seeing this and going on, and, the, and you mentioned there like the connection with the history to the club. What is your take on seeing literally history spring up in real time via the kind of the Merwalls murals and the interaction with, you know, not just around the stadium, but actually on the and in the stadium now? What's your take on that? And, and around the town as well. There's yeah. uh, the old one at the library as well. Um, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, we love it. Absolutely fabulous. And the murals guys have done such amazing jobs. I mean, I, I saw the Elton John one for the first time yes, last night at the uh, um, Sheffield United game, and it was lit up and it looked spectacular, absolutely fantastic. The photographs don't do it justice. It really does look good. And I love that, actually, when you get to go around the club with their behind the scenes for things and when you go around and you see how much is on the walls and how much you know love goes into that history um i've been to quite a few football stadiums and they're quite boring in the stands um you know and there's the advertising for whatever betting or for the hot dogs or whatever and there's so little that celebrates that heritage but you can see the Coffer Brothers on the wall. You've got the Trailblazers display that we did with the Academy, which um, celebrates all of those amazing players of colour through Watford's history. And then you've got, you know, the, the Brad Hornets Rainbow Laces display. And then you've just got so many different aspects and, ah. and, and legends. Uh, and of course, Brian Taylor. And I remember Rita saying that when they first went into the GT stand, of course, it was for the celebration and the opening of the stand. But they went back the next time and they hadn't realised that everything was going to stay and how much it meant to be surrounded by that history and to be celebrated in that way. So it was really, really brilliant. It's, it's worth saying about Watford at this stage. We are a small club. We are a small club, but we're an incredible small club. Um, there's no club of our size that have done what Watford have done trailblazing all sorts of things like the family stands with the NHS over the years. The amount of times that we've played at Wembley in big games, you know, all right, we usually come second, but that's not the point. <laughs> you know, we're, we are a tiny, a, a very small club that overachieves constantly and has done for the last 40 years. And it's, it's worth seeing, you know, um, the community that we've got around this club is brilliant. You know, if you, if you are to support Man United, You've had a lot of trophies over the year, but what connection have people got with the club? At Watford, you know, you, you meet the same people everywhere and, you know, the, yeah. the enthusiasm is fantastic everywhere. Um, we've got collectors of all sorts of stuff, you know, but um, from my point of view, you know, I collect quite a few different things. If you go to an auction and you'll see something, things for sale from all the different clubs, you get Man United, obviously everything sells for ridiculous amounts of money, usually because it's Mick Hucknells. But... Um, <laughs> Oh, top, top, top quality shot fired there, lovely. <laughs> but uh, Watford stuff constantly sells at much higher prices than everything else. 
which isn't great for my collection. I have to no, um, no, no. It's counterproductive, that, isn't it? So were there were there any bits that you did go, you know, Harry Willis, don't want him. No, were there you. any were there any bits that no. you went, we don't we don't like to talk about that? Um, yeah. no, I, I'm not I'm I'm not one to say Walter Mazzari or I mean, anything like that. Pe- people turning up with like a, a perspex box with a, a piece of grass cut out in it and saying there's some pitch or something, you know. Bits and bobs like that. Not one of those. We'll have it, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I might be able to not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Tommy Mooney can provide some pieces of grass from the Wembley pitch of 99, which he still has. And you see, this is what we love is actually, that's the, the thing. It shouldn't just be about what I decide as the curator. And that's what we did with the golden years with the exhibition. That anyone who wanted to lend something, just so long as it wasn't offensive, we could put it in. So we ended up <laughs> with a sleeping bag that that's someone me out slept then. outside yeah. the beer, um, <laughs> to buy a ticket for, for a match for when we were going to the playoffs. Just so you know, and we had a, a conical bra that was like based on a Madonna style bra in Watford Colour. <laughs> <laughs> so you know to be honest That's if a brilliant. fan makes it or want or has it you know the things that we have in our collection that we just love and they can't all come out for this exhibition especially because it's as you say Vicarage Road but there is an endless supply of treasure so to be, to be on to be honest Sarah I should have never worn the conical bra it never suited me but I'm glad it's gone to a good home so that's excellent news <laughs> uh, you, you, you need you, to do another exhibition at some point because there are a pair of 1970s Watford branded underpants which need to be seen by the public no one's ever failed in these pants I can say this, 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 oh. this is, this is <laughs> sounding like this is sound like, like a podcast new logo a pair of pants from the 1970s washed we won't ask that's good uh, I'm sorry just, just another one to come back you mentioned about the uh, the rainbow laces and the display and of course one of the things that was incredible with with, with one of the years was the the foil display from the 1881 uh, and of course they, they did that which was which was fabulous and they, I know they worked with the Proud Hornets to put that together but some of the other displays which of course was have become you know uh, I mean TJD designs do those and they are absolutely yeah. monumental. Roy and, and the team at the 1881 put them together and the display. Oh, they're just remarkable, but they have become synonymous with obviously the club, but obviously at Vicarage Road and became the landscape or the canvas, if you will, of Vicarage yeah. Road during lockdown. Have we have we got any kind of elements or, or pieces touching on that um, with, with, with the rainbow laces and stuff? Yeah, I mean, we've got things from the rainbow laces matches, for example, and we've even got bits of card from the recent Ukraine display that was done. Mm-hmm. And one of the lovely things about that was that the blue and yellow card that... Um, you know, Roy and the gang are so kind and, and so caring about things and they didn't want things to go to waste. So actually, sunflowers, yellow sunflowers and blue doves that have been made by school children and community groups and visitors to the museum, it's all been made out of the part that was, was left over afterwards from the display. So nothing kind of goes to waste in, in this place. And again, it's that lovely connection, um, how we get to do these lovely community things. Having said that, which is great, by the way, <laughs> Tom and I obviously collectors, so we have got most of the cards from the uh, the displays that uh, Roy's organised. We've we've got photos of them at the moment. We haven't managed to get hold of Roy yet, so uh, we, we he's coming on Friday. Oh, oh, he's coming on Friday, so yeah, we're trying to get his coming, yeah? with him too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we've got the uh, the rainbow t-shirts, sort of things like that. So yeah, it sounds like we've got huge amounts of stuff actually. That's quite good. We should probably start getting getting it set up. He, he might he, he might have some he might have 
have some images or photos because I've seen them of when they took over that space that is now the bunker, which yeah. is actually really interesting. And we love the bunker. That, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was basically, uh, I mean, there was all sorts down there when they took it over and it's incredible what they've done down there. Definitely. Yeah, and even I, the fact that it exists, you know. Yeah, and- exactly. It, it's, it's unique. It's really yeah. unique. And it is its own museum in its own right. And we do work with with the 1881 on that rather than being in competition. They are so supportive. Mm. We did have actually had loans before, like they have had the Watford Observer Club on, on loan for a little bit as well. So we're always looking to do nice collaborations with them. And that's what, again, they, it just keeps going back that everyone supports each other. They do have the original Moosey down there, of course, on the wall. Yeah, they've got Moosey down there. Love yeah, the they've, they've got a shirt that I want as well. Have they? <laughs> they've, got, they've got a John Barnes match-worn shirt on the wall there. Are you not got so, one of those? Yeah. If anyone fancies in that go down to the bunker on a match day and this is the thing we have you know and in the broader collection we have things like hand-knitted jumpers we and that's what makes it so special is that to have all of that that variety of things but um yeah there's there will be some lovely surprises but what's great as well is quite often during exhibitions people will say oh i didn't know you're doing this and they'll they'll come up with some more treasure for us so yeah if someone turns up with a big w we'll be very happy yeah well, I yeah, love the fact you that are. hopefully somebody listening has a massive W that they can bring down to the uh, Watford Museum. <laughs> Only a Watford W. We don't want a Woolworths. Yes, w yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just a, not a Woolworths one. That's pointless. Don't do that. Yeah, if it turns up and it's red, it's wrong on any level. Um, just just a, just a quick uh, couple of couple of things. Then, um, am, am I right? Is there is is there a book? kind of mooted around the hundred years, and is that something that you're involved with? That is, I mean, it's part, we've been part of a, a, a bigger team, which the, right. the club has led on um, all about the 100 years, because, of course, you've been seeing things like the merch is starting to come through, which is fabulous. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there is an amazing book by Jeff Wicken. Um, and, yeah, we have been very lucky enough to kind of get sneak peeks of what's going on with that. Um, what date is it coming out? Do we um, that, I believe that will be coming out on the 100th anniversary. So is that yeah. the 20th of August? It's a home game. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that book is full of fabulous images. By the way, it's absolutely brilliant. And Jeff spent a lot of time um, on the the text, which I I was lucky enough to see an early version of the text, and it is a cracking read. If you're you know a Watford geek like like I am, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so that comes highly recommended. There's a few different things. Twentieth um, of August. Sorry to interrupt. Is the way at Preston? Yeah, so it might be the thirtieth. I think it's yeah. the thirtieth. Yeah. I should have known that really, shouldn't I? I'm gonna to have to oh, That's okay. Look, but we can it. we can edit this. That's fine. No, no, that, that one isn't moving anywhere. Cole one, nil nil. There you go. <laughs> um. Hi everybody, this is Ian Bolton, and I'm proud to be on uh Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I don't know if you how many people remember this, but I think in 1984, I think it was, Graham Taylor um had a there was an injury crisis. And uh, he put an advert in the Times to advertise for people to come along and uh, and play for Watford. And it got hundreds of replies from the general public. They gathered together a number of people to do a team photo of people from the general public. And if you ever see the photo, a team photo, there's a chap sitting in the front, in the middle, 75 years old, and he's wearing an old football shirt. And his name was William Stillwood. And he played for Watford Reserves in 1929. And the shirt that he's wearing in that photo is a 1914 match-worn Watford shirt. And I managed to track down his son, and the shirt was thrown away about four years ago. Oh, no, 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 no. no. 
that wasn't my best day. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> oh. Ow. So how, how many of your, because your, your your collection, anybody who, who hasn't seen it, Neil each year does an advent calendar of his match-worn shirts with various players as, as, as we kind of count down to Christmas, or count up to Christmas, I suppose, in that respect. How many match-worn shirts have you got in total? And how many match-worn shirts can people expect to see in the exhibition? Right. So the exhibition, again, we're going back to the exhibition is, is that it's not about what football club no. but <laughs> we had to have some in so match worn shirts I think there's four um, one of them's not mine that's the 1971 one um, there's a John Barnes one there's uh, uh, what else there's a 19 so what we've got is a display of a shirt every 25 years of Vicarage Road so we've got one from 1922 Ooh. which is a, a replica because the other one got thrown away um, <laughs> and we've got one for every 25 years since so and what, what's beautiful is that the club, again, the club really cares. What we're saying, the club really cares. So the away shirt this year is based on the 1950s, 1940s Watford shirt. So we've got a replica of a 1940s shirt next to the new away shirt. And we've also got a replica of a 1922 shirt next to, da, 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 this is this is exclusive at the moment, but it won't be by the time we, uh, <laughs> by the time we open. We've got the third shirt on display as well. So, uh, so at the moment, only Elton <laughs> and the museum has one of those shirts. Right? Oh, so Elton's got, I was going to say, does it still have Elton attached? That, that would have been a thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have, um, not so much that's related to the exhibition, but on permanent display, we do have an Elton John stage costume as well from the 80s. A really amazing, bling-tastic. A Watford-based one. Probably. Yeah, a Watford. Yeah, black and red. Yeah, you wouldn't wear it in the street. Okay, <laughs> Sarah. I wouldn't be able to get you to it. That's the thing. <laughs> be, 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 be honest, Sarah. Has has that been worn to some fancy dress parties? It hasn't. I am a very. Oh. <laughs> there is there is something worth looking out on for in the exhibition. When we were digging through the archives, Sarah sort of said, "Oh, by the way, we've got some of these." And I said, "Oh, right. Let's have a look." There's a collection of I think it's about six or eight photos from the early 1930s of motorbike football taking place on the Watford pitch what? during the season. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it wasn't exactly, uh, yeah, the pitch wasn't exactly <laughs> in the same condition as it is nowadays. They literally it's... played motorbike football on the pitch during the season. They also had a horse show on the pitch during the season, by the way, which... No, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so your 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 comment before your comment before the horse, which I allow, (laughs) it's just led me onto something which I have to ask. During a podcast recently, Justin came out with some information about okay about by to be corrected, my friend. No, 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 no. Um, uh, Allegedly, amputees. Was it playing football, Justin? They came in at half-time on their crutches and they kicked a ball around. Uh, that did happen, didn't it? Please help me out here. And also, what was the other one? An opera singer that sang, uh, uh, Can't Take My right. Eyes Off You, pre-match. So now we're in this realms of people that have got, you know, memorabilia and so forth. A Le- level of expertise, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a level of expertise. There must be some somewhere a photograph or photographic evidence of these things happening because myself I don't remember it Peter's been at Vicarage Road since well the dawn of time yeah pretty much. Um, <laughs> and we haven't seen it so I, I just want some sort of clarity whether 
this is true or, true or false and there is a follow-up question to this as well right okay i can help you Ooh. so i don't know about the opera singer but the emphasis is true well there Ooh. we are right, <laughs> there we are i mean i, I have now to... that is good news because the opera singer was very well um remembered by other people but the amputee's not so much so there you go i win thank you very much all of those people were on twitter and justin is conveniently <laughs> a social media manager i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying sorry i know this is supposed to be an interview it's just turned into a squabble but hey that's we were we were going to go there but there but was anyway. another there was another half time bit of entertainment once i don't know if anyone remembers it was it brian connolly on the pitch yes dangerous brian yes. yeah 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 that didn't go down we were very no. well with you that's what as Raksu did, I think. Yeah, it, it was Raksu just after Man United went up three nil, and then right, okay, and uh, half time, and here's Raksu. Good luck, lads. Yeah, read, read the lay of the land there. Well, let's not do it today. Right, head, which I think was a personal low, um, right having them sort of like do some sort of like lip syncing to a terrible music that they had. Um, that was a bad, bad moment. That's not good. I love this podcast. Only we could come on and say, we're going to talk about 100 years at the Vic and get the curator of the Watford Museum to say, and that was an all-time low. Well, I've, I've got another one now, which is, uh, it wasn't Harry's 50-50. It was whatever the draw was before that. I remember once as a ball boy that the, what, the person that was doing the draw... Uh, we were playing Leeds. He was a Leeds fan. It was Stefan Edberg, the tennis player that did the draw at half time, uh, pulling out the winning ticket. And I'm thinking, this is different. This is random. This is a bit weird, isn't it? Stefan Edberg. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's things that happen at half time can be a bit random at Watford, is what I'm saying. And a, re- a really important question, Sarah, and, it, and I need to know the answer to this. <laughs> True or false? Ooh. Do all the items in the museum come alive <laughs> in, at, at night? Um, Only the Elton John costume. Yes. <laughs> we did once borrow a Harry the Hobbit um, full costume for an exhibition that we had, and it used to fall over in the night. And you and you come in in the morning. I was like this. That that know, building was, always gave yeah. me the heebie-jeebies. I I and remember that as a kid. Like, that building gave me the heebie-jeebies. Something's <laughs> picked that up and moved that, and didn't fall over. Am I right in saying that building was part of Benskin Brewery originally? It was, yes. Mm, so the yeah. building dates back to 1775 and was built for the family that brewed at that time and yeah. then was bought by Joseph Benskin and stayed as Benskins right up until the 70s. You can still see the brewery building and actually the museum building on old episodes of The Professionals, which is a wow. perfect, uh, thing to, to do. Um, but they eventually, sadly, they knocked down the brewery buildings, but the council bought this building as a museum, so opened in 1981. There is some very old cine film of me on my dad's shoulders when they knocked the chimney down. Uh, oh, in wow. Fields. Yeah, long, long time ago. Yeah, right. yeah, 76, I think, 76, somewhere around that sort of time. And the chimney yeah. came down. There is, and... there is a football connection here as well, because in the in 1920s and 1950s, they used to help hold the Watford board meetings here as well. Did they really? Oh, very wow. yeah. There we go. Strong link between the football club and Benskins. And then even, you know, I mean, we get amazing treasures coming all the time. Like we had these gorgeous little tiny photographs that someone had taken who used to work at the brewery. And on his lunch break, he'd gone and photographed the team um, training on Watford Field. And they're just so beautiful, those photos from the 1950s. Uh, are we one of the only stadiums where you go under street level to the pitch? Is that something else I've heard? There are you aren't there there's not many of us but this came up recently people were asking about it and just Sunderland's built like that if you've ever been to Sunderland Vicarage Road was basically built on a in an old gravel pit 
And mm. the gravel pit was exactly the right shape for football stadium. It's incredible. So we, we, we'll have a model of uh, the gravel pit before the uh, before it was a stadium. But it was exactly the same. The rookery was always known as the rookery. It was the, the earliest um, reference to the rookery end being the rookery end was in about 1887 or something like that. Supplementary, um, supplementary question then, why is it called the rookery? Oh, I can answer that one. Um, so around that area, you know where the allotments used to be, um, there was a silk mill called the Rookery Silk Mill. And that area around there was known as the Rookery. And it's an old kind of slang term for like a slum area. So basically, yeah. um, no. it's a slum stand. No, no, stand. No, no, there are still no, there are still similar terms for that. It's called yeah. Luton and Dunstable, which is you know that's reasonable. <laughs> never been, I've never been above that level. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I just really want to kind of let's, let's bring it back from being generally offensive to people in Bedfordshire. Or yeah, okay, I will. Um, as you've gone through it, and as you've kind of been looking at, at the hundred years as we've gone through, we've seen some some wonderful kind of animations of the the morphing of the stadium as it's going as it's gone through. As you've gone through and, and, and looked at that and thought of that, what area of the pitch or whatever what area of the ground I should say would you most like to have watched a game from? Which stand and in what era and what year would it have been? Great That's question. almost an intelligent question, masquerading as idiocy, but that'll do. Okay, first. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I saw a lot of the 1980s stuff, uh, not as much as I should have, uh, and the 1970s I loved as well. But to be honest, for me, it would be 1922. Yeah. And I would watch from the original rookery stand um, because that was carried over from Cassio Road. So it was a real piece of history. Um, the, the roof of the, um, that was the original rookery, so that was knocked down in the 40s. But the Shrodell stand that was knocked down in the 1980s, that was also carried over from, from Cassio Road as well. Hence, if you have a look at it, it didn't fit on the steps. <laughs> they, they did all sorts of jiggery pokery to get that fitted. Wow. But, but, oh, yeah, so for me, it would be the old wooden yeah. rookery stand. And for me, I think it would be the old East Stand because, you know, that, uh, who doesn't love watching natural columns in, in front of you? Um, and there were certain, certainly times when actually those columns so- stopped a little bit of pain coming through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and just, yeah, that lovely old, you know, the tea bar and, and all those features. I, I still would love that. I'll see, I'm all right because I'm in the rookery. I've got the Marie Celeste team. Yeah. Here's a question then about about something specific. You mentioned there in the 40s when the rookery was was taken down. So did the original, did it have a steeper gradient? Because I, I never liked the rookery because it was so shallow mm. stepped. It had such a high roof. It looked like they really wanted to step it upwards so you'd have a better more uh, a better view but never did what was the story with that do you know guys um saving money on concrete unfortunately it's not there's no more fun <laughs> the, the rookery was interesting because the first year that was up it wasn't finished it only had the roof and the steps it didn't have anything around the sides so you know if the wind was blowing and the rain was coming in you get hit from from all sides i think we've got a couple of photos of that how how that got past any sort of health and safety I don't know, but then it was, was it 1959, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't worry too much about safety there. They probably had all sorts of crap sitting on the on the steps. 
<laughs> they were looking at the steps going, someday we'll be putting this into Perspex and selling it in the club shop. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Perspex? Don't worry. Do not scratch your eyes. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. It's been absolutely fascinating to find out more about the exhibition at Watford Museum. You say it's running till the 24th of September, is that correct? That's right. And yeah, it's been an absolute joy for us to have this chat tonight. Yes, um, so yeah, the museum is free of charge to visit. We open Thursday to Saturday, 10 till 5. And um, yeah, come on down and see the exhibition. And also, we should do a little plug for, we said about how we know um, Tom and Neil, but we should also mention Watford Gold, their incredible website, which really everyone should log on and, and have a look at. I'm I'm absolutely revelling in what's what's being sort of shared on that website. And that's, really that's dodgy, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and that's watfordgold.org.uk, yeah? That's it, yeah. Marvellous. Uh, read, read about the history of Watford and uh, have a look at some memorabilia. So and then come down, down and look at it in the flesh. Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, guys, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you very much for coming on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.